Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul, the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, nationality, or even a language.
ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? The Supreme Soul would think of you and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free, peaceful, pure, immortal, eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. At this time, Why
Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. What a beautiful way to start the show today with Sanatam Kaur on her Wahe Guru track and a beautiful meditation by yours truly, Sister Jenna, on how to let go of the attachments to labels, roles, titles, religion, nationality, language. And if we can only practice this again and again and again, there'll be no more wars, there'll be no more fear, there'll be no more mistrust, there'll be no more anger, there'll be no more greed. Can you imagine no more greed on the planet where just a handful of us will kind of hold all the abundance of the country and yet everybody else under that has to work 10 times harder just to be able to get a little bit of the pie? Just imagine, when you stop thinking that your value and your worth is based on your attachment to the color of your skin, your gender orientation, your religion, your country, your language. What would be your attitude? What would be your thoughts? How would you see yourself and how would you see others? The whole world would change. You'd go into this infinite space of just showing up with people. We are now in the process of finalizing the Meditation on Wheels RV for the Meditation Museum. And I had this wonderful engagement with the man who does the wraps for the vehicles. And I love him. I think he's just a wonderful heart and soul. And we ended up in a conversation about who he voted for, which is the current leadership, which I have no problems with. That's just what they want to do. But I've always been very intrigued by when I meet individuals who vote for this energy. And I've asked them why, what was it that you were looking for? And they always tell me about, I wanted to shake up the system because politics wasn't good. I'm a small business person, and this guy's made a lot of money, and so he's going to help. And I thought to myself, it was so interesting that words make such an impact in the way that people receive messaging. And it kind of has like a mystical, almost an occult energy, that based on what somebody says with the intention in which they say it in, actually can open up someone's spirit to a whole new paradigm. So just imagine what America Meditating does for you when you actually take the time to tune in to hear not only the pure intentionality of the show, but the the purity of the speakers, the individuals behind the words that are basically sharing with you what they have done in their lives and what they're offering to humanity. Today, I'm really happy to welcome Mitch Horowitz, who is a writer in residence at the New York Public Library and the Penn award-winning author of books including Occult America and the America Club, How Thoughts Become Reality. He hosts the show's Master Class and One Simple Idea on the New Thought Channel. Mitch has discussed alternative spirituality on CBS Sunday Morning, Dateline, NBC, NPR's All Things Considered, CNN, and throughout the national media. He received the 2019 Walden Award for Interfaith and Intercultural Understanding. And today we welcome Mitch Horowitz to America Meditating Radio. Thank you for joining us today, Mitch. Glad to have you. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So you're doing quite a lot, and the work that you are engaged in, I'm very, very curious about. Your new book, Infinite Potential, is based on the greatest works of Neville Goddard, who is one of the most powerful writers in the realm of New Age spirituality. So what was it that inspired you to get into this particular line? Tell us a little bit more about Neville, maybe, and why you chose to write a book based on his work. 
Oh, sure. Neville has been probably my greatest personal inspiration. He was a Barbadian-born mystic who lived and worked for most of his life here in the United States until his death in 1972. And Neville had one essential teaching, which is that your imagination is God and that everything you see and experience around you is really the result of your own emotionalized thoughts and mental pictures pushed out into the world. And he meant this in the most literal sense. He believed that any reference to Christ or Jehovah in Old Testament, New Testament, is really just a symbolical representation of your own imagination, and that Scripture is the story, is the blueprint of every individual's personal unfolding. And it's Mm -hmm. such a radical teaching, and he restated it so beautifully in many books and lectures, and I've been attached to his work wow, probably going back about 15 years. And how did you come across his work? Because it's not like he was the most popular folk out there, but his writings were definitely very profound. He, I mean, I think he died in the 70s. He tells you, you know, you're going to live your life. You're going to You're going to grow, you're going to eat, you're going to sleep, you're going to get married, you're going to die. You know, he's just, he seemed to be a very practical mystic, so to speak. Well, he was practical and at the same time beautifully radical. His contention Mm. was that we experience all kinds of things in life, joy, sufferings, but if we can carefully observe how we go through life, we'll ultimately discover that the individual, each individual, is the creative engine behind his or her own existence and that the purpose of realizing your own creative potential is to eventually become aware of yourself as Christ or God clothed in human flesh. Uh, Neville's contention was that we are the creator in slumbering form, and the Mm. creator made us men and women and and so loved and fused with his creation, his or her creation, that he purposely forgot himself and left Mm. the journey of discovery to each individual. And I got into Neville when I was interviewing a major league baseball pitcher named Barry Zito, who used to play for the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants. And Barry used Neville's teachings as part of his training regimen. And when he mentioned the name to me back in 2003, I had never heard of Neville, as you were alluding. Neville was pretty obscure at that time. And Mm -hmm. since then, he's grown tremendously in popularity. He's a huge fan base online and around the world. I'm I'm usually quite surprised at the number of people who now know and read Neville, and I meet them in all walks of life, and we feel an immediate bond, because when you get attached to his work, you tend to really fall into it. Mm, I bet, I bet. So one of the things, um, one of his principles is that your imagination is God. Could you explain what you thought he meant by this? Well, what's so fascinating about Neville Mm -hmm. is that he means it in the most literal sense. You know, he, he means that with totality, that each man and woman in existence is God the creator. And we all have our own lives, or rather our own dreams of life, and we kind of crisscross through one another's dreams of life in this infinite cosmos of possibilities where everything that is possible, everything that is a possibility is going on immediately, simultaneously, all at once. And we're selecting mm-hmm. among these different events. And sometimes we we make selections that bring ourselves into the paths of other people, that crisscross with other people. But they, too, are having their own dreams of life. And we're all the creator, functioning, mm-hmm. uh, often unknowingly, in human flesh. And he issues this challenge that you have to become aware of yourself as God 
And it seems so radical, and yet he backs it up with such simple, beautiful, illustrative language. And every time he restates his thesis, it sounds fresh. That was his genius. He he, he sounded like he was stating his basic ideas for the first time every time he stated them. Mm. So when you hear this particular point about your imagination is God, and a lot of times people will say, oh, that's so arrogant to even think that I can be like God, which I don't believe that, by the way. I think God mm-hmm. is this very beautiful expression of energy. But there are many, many people on the planet who would say, oh, you're just arrogant. What makes you think that you could even be like God or imagine yourself like God. And I always say to myself, Mitch, that, well, if I don't think of a very high, pure, potential aspect of myself, then what am I going to aim for? Yes. And it's right? funny, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily argue with those people, you know, in the sense that yeah. their objections are perfectly natural, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, one could say, yeah, I realize this is a very radical thesis, and it's the kind of thesis that people immediately want to argue with and say, hey, wait a minute. There's all kinds of suffering and tragedy occurring in the world. I don't will that. I don't wish for that. How can you say right. that I am the engine of creation? And that's a powerful question, and that question should be asked. And frankly, as somebody who loves Neville and who's a student of Neville, I struggle with it as well. I do believe that awareness is the ultimate source of creation, but we experience many different laws and forces, and I think one has to come to terms with that as well. Beautiful. What surprised you the most about Neville's life? I suppose what surprised me most about it is that he was a man who we today would consider very dashing, very handsome. He looked like a movie star. He looked like Cary Grant or one of these old-fashioned movie stars, and yet he rarely permitted his picture to be taken. Uh, There's Mm. really just two or three professional photographs of him floating around online. He lived a very quiet existence. He effectively self-published most of his books. And, you know, we live in a day where everybody's always so busy taking selfies and promoting Mm. themselves on social media, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody. (laughs) And here's Mm -hmm. Neville, who really just looked and sounded like a movie star, who had all this charisma about him, and yet he was a very private man, very quiet man, and that always surprised me about him. Mm, interesting, isn't it? Sometimes the ones who have the most in them tend to stay more in the quietude. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> how much has his thoughts, his way, his presence, his narrative influenced the way you see yourself in the world? It's had a tremendous influence on me. I would say Neville is probably the most important intellectual figure in my life. But at the same time, I don't make a dogma or a doctrine of his outlook. I I love Neville's ideas. I believe in Neville's ideas. But I think it falls to every generation to approach the work of the people they love and ask themselves hard questions about it, such as, There is a persistence of suffering in the world, both on an individual and a global scale. And I do believe that we men and women are very far away from coming to understand 
ourselves as the absolute source of creation. And I think Neville, I think Neville underestimated the um, the difficulty that people will face in life coming to this point of view. Partly because the physical world that we live in feels so palpably real. And everything mm. about it feels so real and so necessary. And even if he's right, and I think he is, that awareness is the ultimate reality, we're a long way away from realizing that during our morning commute, during periods of difficulty, during most periods of our lives. I think he, I think he underestimated how arduous a journey that is for most people. Yeah. A lot has changed, hasn't it, Mitch? I mean, sometimes I'll scroll through my social media, and I don't know about you, but you kind of, it's not like you get tired, but you're like, what is this? You know, well, yes. I don't even know half of these people. And um, <laughs> have you ever had the thought that I'm not done with this? I'm just going to delete all my accounts? It's interesting. I, I, you raised that at a good time for me because I, I was just thinking about that this morning. You know, we... <laughs> We can only, I'm not, I'm not, you know, no one out there who follows me on social media should get worried. I'm not about to delete everybody, but, uh-huh. but I do think that we, we can get spread very, very thin. And I think the number of meaningful relationships and tasks to which an individual can apply him or herself is, is, is limited. We have only so yes. much attention to give, and I think we have to pay attention to that as a precious resource. Mm, beautiful. So how would you present your book, Infinite Potential, to a Skeptic? I would say whether you believe in the metaphysical or not, this is an introduction to a wonderfully intrepid spiritual figure, wonderful thinker, an elegant writer. It'll take you on an adventure. You will not regret uh, learning the name Neville Goddard. I love that. That's fantastic. That's good to hear, too. What makes it so fascinating? Is it just the philosophy of Neville's thoughts, or is it something even deeper than that? I would say it's deeper than that. Usually when I get attracted to a spiritual figure or a thinker, I find that I get turned on first by the persona, by the individual. And then I want to learn about what's behind the individual's way of thought. And I was describing Neville before. You know, he spoke in this beautiful, clipped, mid-Atlantic accent and had the bearing and the looks of a movie star, and yet was a very private man. And he seemed to be a truly independent person. In a world of conformity, Neville charted his own path in life, and that's what first turned me on to him. And it was only after that that I began to dig into his ideas. So there was something about the man himself that I thought was really substantial. I get it. That's great. Looking at the times that we're in, Mitch, it's wonderful, isn't it? What a wonderful time we're in. Don't you just wake up every morning celebrating? I mean, these this are... is a time of a lot of energy is being unleashed, and it's a mm. wild time. You know, I tell people our generation, and I, I resist, you know, making kind of run-of-the-mill Comment. statements about, mm-hmm. you know, what turning points that are occurring and everything. But I really do think at this particular moment, people should watch very carefully because I, I have for the first time in a long, long time detected a new opening to esoteric subject matter, to questions of UFOs, to psychical research, to all kinds of things that six months ago I felt the needle hadn't been moved much on. There is movement now. There's a lot yeah. of energy unleashed, and it should be watched. So how do you think Neville would feel about spirituality and mysticism in today's times? Well, it's interesting. You know, Neville is more popular today than he was during his own lifetime. And part mm-hmm. of the reason for that is that he was a generous man. He allowed, he gave hundreds and hundreds of lectures, and he allowed people to freely tape record his lectures and 
as as a result, all of these tape-recorded lectures, which he allowed to be made without anybody asking permission, he just gave blanket permission, have been digitized and put up online. So there's a whole new generation learning about him. And uh, I don't know, he would probably say with a little twinkle in his eye, I told you so, I told you so, <laughs> I told you you'd come around, <laughs> and, so, and we have come around, so I think he'd be happy. <laughs> well, I hope so, because his wisdom will definitely need to be offered now, because I think we need a lot of higher thinking, and um, the vibration and the conversation right now just seems so, what's the word that I'm looking for, Mitch, um, so basic, so below mm-hmm. basic? Is, mm-hmm. is that safe to say below basic? Yeah, yeah, there's a coarseness in our culture, and I think we all yeah, feel coarseness. it. Yeah, coarseness, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so much sarcasm online. I don't have a problem with sarcasm as humor, but when it becomes the language of day-to-day life, we start to degrade one another, and I think that's a problem yeah. in our culture. And I think when, when folks, because I've been scrolling through some of the comments, and these are people that I even would not have expected would have shared the kind of language that they do online. Mm-hmm. And it's for me, it's revealing also what's going on inside of them, that they are for in sure. that state. For or sure. they're just picking up the energy so intently that they don't even know who they are anymore. And it's, so it's become a time in which I feel a great need for inner powers needed now more than ever mm-hmm. before. Let me go back into the book. Chapter 7 features a transcript of an episode um, from Neville's talk show. Yep. Was hearing Neville's voice a special moment for you, and was it actually what you had expected? Oh, it was very special. I, I worked very hard to transcribe his television show because although he was on a TV show for two seasons in the mid-1950s, We have just one audio recording of one of the shows and no film or video whatsoever. So it's a rare uh, piece, and transcribing it was somewhat difficult, not only because the recording is a bit on the scratchy side, but Neville's voice was a little bit different at the time. You know, he grew up uh, on the island of Barbados. He spoke in this beautiful uh, kind of British island a dialect, and although at the end of his life he was very easy to understand and he spoke very beautifully, his voice was a little rounder, a little more rural in the mid-1950s, and uh, it was hearing a little bit of a different Neville listening to that recording. But, you know, the the man was there, you know, in all his energy, but it was just so interesting to hear the dialect that he spoke and changed a little bit over the course of his life. And when you work to transcribe somebody's material, you get to know them a little better. So that was sort of a special experience for me. Beautiful to hear. So there's a list of quotes from Neville near the back of your book. Could you share some of your favorites? Oh, sure. One of my absolute favorites is that when you treat a person as less than equal to you, you have stolen from that person. You have stolen that person's birthright of equality. And Neville also often spoke in those terms. He wasn't political in any strict sense, but he would use, he titled one of his books, Freedom for All. And he very, very deeply wanted every man and woman to have that full sense of of dignity that he believed was their birthright. And he rarely spelled that out in political terms, but in terms of human potential, in terms of how epic human nature is, he was just deeply affirming of the dignity of every individual. I love that one. Another one? Oh, another one that I love is um, feeling is the secret. He believed that, that we really pray through our feeling state. And he would say that whatever you're feeling right now is a a really a source of prayer. Your feelings are prayers. Your desires are prayers. 
and if you can get in touch with the feeling state that you wish to occupy after realizing some desire, some aspiration, then that desire and that aspiration will in itself be yours because the feeling coincides with the reality of the thing itself. Wow. You know, I haven't really sunk into Neville's thoughts or readings, and now you've got me really, really curious. Um, Where can we find out more about the work that you're doing? I mean, are you on the tour? Are there any upcoming events? Uh, Are you at all in the Washington metropolitan area anytime soon? Unfortunately, I'm not going to be in D.C. anytime soon, but I am leaving tomorrow uh, for Los Angeles, and I'll be speaking in Los Angeles for several days at the Philosophical Research Society in Griffith Park. Uh, I'll be there from the 24th through the 26th, giving talks and workshops, and then I'll be bopping around to other places. But anybody who wants to find me can visit my website, MitchHorowitz.com, or uh, follow me under that name at Twitter. And Infinite Potential is available in digital form, book form, audio form, whatever you like, uh, just about every place that sells books. Mm, Looking forward to sink into it. Mitch, thank you so very much for joining us on air today. A pleasure. Thank you. Wow, I'm going to really go deeper into the study of Neville Goddard. Um, I've heard, but I I didn't sink into it, and Mitch has now piqued my curiosity tremendously. There's nothing like, you know, picking up the, the wisdom, the energy, the intentionality, the, the the beauty of somebody who has been there, done that, but also how it inspires you to do your been there and done that too, where it just percolates everything about you. You're learning. It's growing you. It's, it's, it's empowering you. And as far as I'm concerned, after hearing some of the quotes, it's also serving the world, which is really, really important. I hope you've enjoyed my talk with Mitch Horowitz. If you'd like more information, just go to his website, Mitch Horowitz. H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z dot com for more information. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. Here's Karen Drucker, Face of God. Take care. You are the face, you are the face.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.